Listening Dog Media. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it's the Offside Rule. Me, Kate Borsay, here to comfort you audibly through these chilly days and international break moments. But I can't do it alone. Oh, no. The good news is that here in the studio, we've got everyone's favourite wanderer of the Wolverhampton type, Lindsay Hooper. Hello. Good week. It's been a brilliant week. (laughs) She's still flying high. Uh, And finally, making her long-awaited Offside Rule podcast debut, it's Soccer Saturday reporter and general all-round football nut, Bianca Westwood. (laughs) Football nutter, yes. Yes. It's not the first time I've been called that, actually. You would not believe how long we've wanted to get you on this. Really? I've wanted it for a long time, but as you know, with my job, I get sent here, there and everywhere, and usually... Thursday I'll be out doing a shoot somewhere but fortunately it's international week and I was able to confirm with you guys. So we have snaffled you here yes, on the podcast. we have good news. and she feels like the perfect replacement for Hayley McQueen because they're very good chums. Yeah. We are. And then Hayley's had the baby. Yes. So that's big news on the podcast. So baby Ayla's arrived. Yeah. Yep. Which you were, her. you were telling me. Yeah. Was it Monday I went to see her? Yeah, she's absolutely gorgeous oh, yeah. and very well behaved and eats a lot just like her mum. There you go. <laughs> so Hayley McQueen has, has had the ideal baby no sign of a particular strip or affiliation in terms of what club this baby's going to support I'm going to say she'll take after her mum and be Man United stroke Middlesbrough Okay. She'll definitely have a little bit of butter. A in little there. bit of both. So congratulations yeah. to Hayley McQueen. The Offside Rule pod team has got one little person bigger. That's right. Uh, we are absolutely delighted for her. International break then. What have you two been up to? Lindsay, you had a victorious train journey back oh. from Manchester after Wolves did the business. I did around about a 15 hour trip. <laughs> But it was worth it. Went up to the Etihad, walked in thinking, if we get a draw here, then yeah. I'll be happy. Bumped into one of our offside rule former volunteers, Gabby, who's a Man City fan, who I thought was wearing Wolves colours because she Ooh, had com- sort of like, yeah. she had like an animal print on. Slightly I, confusing. So I had, had a bit of a joke. I said, that might be a sign. 
And it turns out it was. <laughs> um, I have to I have to take everything back that I've ever said about Adama Traore <laughs> because uh, against Manchester City, he was sublime. I mean, Raheem Sterling didn't get a look in. He trapped back. His finishing was excellent. His composure. I've always said he's had this electric pace but couldn't really get his brain to function in gear with the rest of his body. You know, mm-hmm. it, it felt like his legs were way ahead of the rest of him. But that was... I would even go as far as to say a 10 out of 10 performance from him. You know, when you give him the ratings yeah. that we've all read over the time. And he is coming on as a player this season under the influence of Nuno and the freedom that he's been giving him and moving him in different positions. And anyone else, I think, might have started to give up on him last season. Well, and he's coming good. There you go. You haven't now. And I know you could talk about this until the cows come home. There is a bit of a non-Premier League slant to the podcast today. Nothing too serious, but just thought we'd educate ourselves. And yes, you which, guys. I, which I did all day yesterday <laughs> or most of the day. I actually don't like calling them lower leagues. So I'm just going to call them the non-Premier League sides. Lindsay, you're yes. covering championship. Uh, I got an easier shout because I do actually cover championship. <laughs> so do I. So that would have been really easy for Trust me. We thought we'd make you sweat up while she moved I know. Hands. Thanks for that. Trust us to get the easy one. You're doing lead two and I'll yeah. be covering League One. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the big story of the week. Wagatha Christie, Wagnum PI, Kalimbo, <laughs> Wagney and so Lacey. Oh, wow. It's the biggest drama to hit it's Twitter since. Dream, it, it is, uh, well... The biggest drama to hit Twitter since the blue, black, white, gold dress affair. <laughs> the selfie then? from Ellen DeGeneres at the Oscars uh, oh. with its three million retweets. It's bigger than that. It's dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy. It was poetry, though, wasn't it? Where were both of you when you read it? Because I audibly gasped as I read. <laughs> <laughs> when it got to the punchline. I went, oh! On, on public transport as well. Well, we're going to talk more about that later on as we look at our favourite footballing dramas of times gone by. And we're going to be celebrating non-league day as well with some heartwarming stories and the best non-league action that we can find. Before we do, though, a quick reminder that you can catch us on Jack Radio Fridays from 7 o'clock. But first... All right, well, it's international break number two, so a good time to check out how the teams across the leagues are doing. And we're making this an EFL special, as we've said, because sometimes those leagues, they don't get enough support. So let's shine a light. And it's a good time to do it because across all three leagues of the EFL, as we record, seven clubs are without gaffers, Millwall, Barnsley, Reading, Sunderland, Southend, Stevenage and Leighton Orient. Lindsay, you're going to take the championship. What have you unearthed there? Well, when I first got given the championship, as we previously just said, I thought, wow, I've, I've, I've looked out here because I, I cover the championship. So being given that as part of my task wasn't like, great, I can talk about that. And then I realised as a Wolves fan that this is a bit of torture because I'm having to talk about how West Brom are top of the league. <laughs> and they're our biggest rivals, although I have got a lot of time for Slavon Bilic, former manager of yours Super at West Slav. Ham. I'm so pleased he's doing so well. They are doing brilliantly. I mean, there, there is literally two points separating the top six sides at the moment. So it is really all to play for as you go into the, the next part of the season. Uh, certainly over Christmas will be a defining period, I think. But West Brom top, Nottingham Forest second. They're on 22 points. Preston, Swansea behind them. Then Leeds and Bristol City make up the top six. Do want to mention a few different teams, though. We can't do everyone. I have to say that as as my go-to because when you talk about leagues, mm. you'll have tweets or you'll have response. You didn't mention our club. Mm. Well, I can't mention we everyone. Can't. Yeah, okay? exactly. So, so who let's are get you that going out there. to go with? I'm going to mention Swansea. 
I'm going to mention both of the Welsh teams, actually. So Swansea were sitting pretty at the top for quite some time, but they had an awful September. They were winless and they slipped right down the rankings. So they're trying to come back. They did have a, a win against Charlton quite recently, um, which has helped them. And they're not that far adrift of the top six. So they definitely are still ones to watch. But it's actually Cardiff, who I think are the team that have got the current momentum. If you look at where they are in the league, they're 10th. They've just beaten QPR. But they've made it seven league matches undefeated and under Neil Warnock who just is one of those managers he knows how to get teams like that promoted Mm -hmm. I think don't rule them out at all so that was my my word on Cardiff but looking elsewhere Bianca and I last time I saw you was at Millwall at the new Dem wasn't it Mm -hmm. and that was a match the QPR match where Neil Harris was still in charge at that point I don't know about you but on that day the grumblings from the fans as I was walking to and from the station was we actually would quite like him to go, which I was really shocked by. See, he was I, didn't, such... I didn't get that impression at all. I mean, where I am in, in the gantry, I'm kind of surrounded by fans, but they all seem sort of pretty upbeat. I did kick off on TalkSport about, we went on air about five minutes after Neil Harris had walked. So they were like, OK, talk to us about Millwall. And I was like, well, the last time I saw them play was that game. Mm. I think they, they lost really due to a goalkeeper error, wasn't it? But sort of dropped the ball didn't he and yes. uh, yeah. uh, Necky Wells sort of skipped in behind and scored and I thought they were quite unlucky Neil Harris didn't seem doubt too downcast he was mm. still really upbeat and sort of positive for the for the season going forward and I said you know he's done a great job there well I got absolutely slaughtered <laughs> oh, on social media really? after you yeah you know nothing about what we want and we've wanted him out for ages and you know the football's too direct and I said Usually it is direct, but at least they're trying to get forward. Yeah. It's not. I, I don't mind a, a route one goal, to be quite honest with you. I, I'd much rather that than see someone tiki taka and yeah, yeah, fanning around, passing it sideways and back again. But I completely got that wrong because the Millwall fans, in no uncertain terms, said mm. they, they were pleased to see the back of him. Mm. He went just at the right time because he could still be considered a Millwall legend. Well, that was it. That It was his stature yeah. at the club that made me think and made my made my ears prick up on the way into that game, actually, against QPR because yeah. the fans were already at my ear. I'd got the, the BBC reporter's kit, which has got stickers on, helpfully, that says BBC, <laughs> so they know you're a reporter. And they're like, oh, can you just say this and do this? because we want more focus on the fact that you know really? this isn't good enough yeah as I was walking in and I just thought this has really taken me by surprise yeah, because of the stature well. of the man so mm. that position's still vacant it is vacant and and he walked away and I think partly because of the fact that he knew the fans had he'd lost a before section he was going to face a yeah. huge backlash yeah. um, they drew all one all with Luton Town recently I think Luton that was the game that great. really that, that yeah. they just they started singing that they wanted him out that was the first that was the turning point mm. I think and uh, then Reading to mention yeah another another team um, they sat manager Jose Gomez after 10 months in charge worth mentioning with Reading I don't quite know what they're trying to achieve at the moment but I, I think maybe the strategy at the club needs looking at you know this is a third manager they've lost their in way, 19 months yeah. yeah I mean Yapstam and there was um, Paul Clement Paul wasn't Clement. there yeah but where are they going next at the moment they're in the bottom three mm. which brings us to the other two because you'd say it's pretty dire at the moment for Reading but also for Stoke City fans bottom of the table although they did get their win though didn't they they have got their win and that came against Swansea yeah 
And just between Stoke City at the bottom and Reading, who we've mentioned, are Barnsley. And then they're just second from bottom, winless in 11 games in all competitions. They were also thrashed recently, 5-1 by Preston. And yes. the, the crowd reaction to that was awful. Uh, Daniel uh, Stendhal was sacked yeah. off the back of that. So, Did you see that he's been doing vodka shots with the fans? No. <laughs> Drowning his sorrows. Yeah, I read an article um, <laughs> yesterday that, after, I mean, after he'd been sort of relieved of his duties, he ended up going out. On he just the, thought, blow it. Yeah. Why but not? Why not? Vodka shot. <laughs> <laughs> or it could have been tequila. I don't know. Maybe it was tequila. But yeah, definitely uh, drowning his sorrows a little bit there. Uh, now the Cowleys, Danny Cowley and his bro, uh, left Lincoln in League One to go to Huddersfield who are in the Championship and they move me nicely on to League One. Let's take a quick look at what's going on there. Just 23 teams in that league because of the departure of Berry. I just presume that means everyone plays a game less so gets a bit of a day off every now and again. Ipswich sit top of the table with a four-point league over Wickham. Paul Lambert, the man in charge there at Ipswich, has been at the club for just under a year. At the side, were relegated into League One and so look like they're going to springboard straight back up. Amazingly, here are some little nice stats for you. Three of the top goal scorers in the top five are Peterborough players. So Peterborough mm. really sweeping up the goals at the moment. Mohamed Issa and Ivan Tony with nine each. Marcus Madison with six. Mohamed Issa, good investment, as uh, Jeff Stelling always says. <laughs> Is that his little link? <laughs> that's his line. That's his, that's his Every time he line. scores, good investment for Issa. <laughs> well, Ivan, Ivan Tony, who shares that uh, top spot with nine goals, um, has scored 13 in his last 13 League One games if you go back into last season a bit so um, he looks like a very decent investment as well to use the words of Jeff Stelling <laughs> comes um, to something when you're using Jeff Stelling's bad yes. gags doesn't it But what's his go-to because I never get to see mm. you very often because I'm always at a match myself right. so I don't really know what his go-to is with you but I always oh, see you having a bit of a la- I see you on it the screen changes. it's usually something to do with I don't know being old or I usually go to him with he's a bit short, which he, he doesn't mind. He's not as, he, he's not as tubby as he used to be, so I can't I can't use. It. And you have to kind of really watch what you say these days because you get accused of being ageist, or he's been accused of being sexist towards yeah. me before. But I, you know, it's. I, as much as I hate this word, it is just banter between us, and because we're friends, we can probably sort of go a little bit lower and a bit more that. below the belt than other people I would. always wonder how you play it actually just to diverse away from League One a second because you are like a group of mates and Lindsay yes. and I have worked at Sky Sports we know what they're all really lovely guys yeah. great in the makeup room with chat and laughter and, and everything else but of course you are professionally then on a TV screen in front of hundreds of thousands yeah. sometimes millions of people so it is it is a fine line isn't I know, it and, and people do kind of get outraged and offended on my behalf but Jeff has never said anything that that would really be hurtful to me. And if he did, I'd just have a word with him off camera. <laughs> Probably scare the living daylights out of him. So. <laughs> uh, well, let's mop up League One by saying Peterborough, by the way, sit in seventh. Southend and Bolton make up the bottom two. They've actually both earned the same points, but Bolton on minus eight because of the 12-point deduction. Sunderland, quick news from them. They've just sacked Jack Ross after 18 months with the club. Top bit of outrage 
over the sacking, Ipswich's Paul Lambert said, it's probably unfair, I think. Uh, Thank you for being so definite about that, Paul (laughs) Lambert. I'm not going to mention anything else apart from Lincoln quickly. We've referenced this. Danny Cowley leaving Lincoln after a huge spell at the club and a successful spell at the club as well. He's um, obviously gone to championship side Huddersfield. And I've just written here, PE teachers' dreams can come true. That's right, Danny Cowley Mm, uh, was a former PE teacher. How nice is that? Bianca, let's look at League Two. Okay, it's another uh, it's another league that's super tight at the top. I think one, two, three points separating the top seven. Forest Green went top in that division after they beat Crawley three one at home. They're now unbeaten in six league matches, winning four of those. So they're the the informed team. They're getting that level of consistency. That victory meant that. Mark Cooper's team replaced Exeter at the top of the table and they play each other in the I think that's the game of the day really in in League Two they're being called the vegans now I know they do a really good burger I really like that actually (laughs) the vegans it's a cool name Um, just goes to show you don't you don't need a sausage to to do well in League Two Um, (laughs) (laughs) it should be a cracker at St James's Park anyway Bradford they've moved into the playoff places with a 2-1 victory against Fellow top seven contenders, Swindon. And of course, Stevenage, they're the only side in the division without a win so far. They lost 3-1 at Colchester. They've taken just five points from their first 11 league games. They're in a bit of a pickle, aren't they? It's their worst ever start to a football league season. Mm. They sacked Dino Mamria, who then went and walked straight into a job at Oldham. I'm not quite sure how that happens. It's like you're not good enough for, for one club but you, you but get you a go job straight, to another. straight away. Yeah. Caretaker manager Mark Sampson mm. hasn't exactly turned things around. Mm. He's still waiting for It's a great opportunity as well for him. It, it is. is. They're giving him a chance. They're not kind of officially giving him the role for whatever reason but they're saying they're happy with what he's doing so mm. far. Um, but they did win in the Football League trophy on Tuesday night that they beat Wickham. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on. I'm not too sure they'll manage to get anything out of Grimsby. Um, they're in ninth place. They've lost their last two, but they're, they're the second highest scorers in the division. So I'm hoping that means it w- I will be quite busy um, yeah. <laughs> on Saturday because <laughs> there are times when there aren't that many league matches and then they keep throwing back to you. I think it will be Jules um, on Saturday rather than Jeff. Jeff will be off. He's had a, an operation on his right hand insert oh, joke oh, yes. <laughs> that can be your next bit yeah exactly he so. needs to wait until <laughs> that hand is fixed enough to not bear any bandage on air right because he literally cannot have anything on that no, hand no I've, I've already made fun of him on Twitter um, as much as I possibly can but yeah so Jules will keep throwing back to us and I'm just hoping that I'll have something to, to talk to him about mm. you know so that's that's that I want you to um Give a shout out to a former Stevenage player, actually, Danny Borman, who's now at Crawley. He's recently signed a one-year extension. He's the oldest player in the league now, 40 years old. He made his professional debut in the last millennium. Uh, his league debut in 98, coming on as a sub at Wickham. That was 21 years ago. He's played for Stevenage, Oxford, AFC Wimbledon and Crawley. He's 41 in January and he's played over 400 games for Crawley. They host Colchester on Saturday. So I wanted to say good luck to him and thanks for... Thanks, yeah. Yeah, thanks for... <laughs> There's hope for us all. <laughs> he kind of, he makes me feel young because, you good. know, nowadays you interview oh. these players and they were born in like 2001, 2000. It's, it's like, oh it's, my God. It's, they are basically I, old, old enough, enough to be my children yes. now, which is ridiculous. Yeah. They really it? are. So thanks... Thanks, Danny Bullman, for oh, making me feel keep going. just that little bit younger. Yeah. yeah, please keep going. Well, thanks to Bianca and Lindsay for rounding up there. But next, things 
Well, I think they're going to get heated. Stop. Don't press that skip button. We just want to let you know about our WSL show that comes out every Monday. This week it stars the wonderful Kelly Smith to talk all things England, who finally won a match on Tuesday, her career and the upcoming fixtures in the WSL. Uh, lots on Phil Neville as well to be discussed in that podcast. Uh, next week we'll be hearing from Leah Williamson, but here's a little sneak peek of what we expect there. How did you find the camp most recently and, um, uh, of course, playing against Brazil and Portugal? Yeah, two teams that I've, I've never played against, so a good test for me. Um, a good opportunity for me to sort of earn my spot and, and earn my space in the team and the squad. I, I loved it. I can't pretend that I don't. Mm. I, I absolutely love every minute of that on the way. And, um, yeah, it was quite emotional, actually, the first game, putting on the shirt when the national anthem was going going on. Um, and I don't really know why, but, yeah, it was. It, was, it just felt like I'd waited a, a while for that moment. So, um, yeah, it was nice. That's the Offside Rule WSL edition on its own feed, out every week, and the best insight into the women's game that you can find, even if we say so ourselves. This is the Offside Rule with me, Kate Borsay, joined by Lindsay Hooper and Bianca Westwood. Can't avoid this, ladies. It is the topic of the week. It's broken Twitter. It's so popular. Rooney versus Vardy. <coughs> Colleen versus Rebecca. And, and I say that because of the strange spelling of her name. Uh, and what a story. Well, if you want a quick recap, Colleen Rooney called out Rebecca Vardy or Rebecca Vardy's account on Instagram for selling stories to the sun about Colleen. Colleen had blocked all of her other followers apart from Rebecca to try and identify who it was. And lo and behold, a few fake stories that Colleen put on her Instagram account appeared in the sun and therefore she concluded it was Rebecca Vardy's account. Uh, and frankly, we spent the whole day wandering and thinking of nothing else I, in this I affair. I just wanted the EastEnders music at the end. We should also say that Rebecca Vardy denies the accusation, mm. says Colleen should have picked up the phone and that lots of people have access to her Instagram. What's more, news just in, she's going to launch an inquiry into it with a team of investigators to find out what happened. She's even, has she cut the holiday in Dubai short <laughs> to get to the bottom of this saga? So did any of you see Phil Neville's response to Colleen on Insta? It was the hands together. As in, I'm praying for you or? I'm not actually sure. I think it's thanks. I think if is you put thanks? thanks in a phone, then it gives you oh, that it comes praise. up with that. So why is Phil Neville thanking Colleen Rooney for possibly outing Rebecca Vardy? Is there more to this story than meets the eye? Maybe, it just maybe he doesn't know that it's thanks. Maybe he's like, I'm thinking of you. No, I think it's thanks. And I think it's but thanks. But why would he the, be thanking For the entertainment. Her. I want to thank her. <laughs> oh, I don't think she meant to be entertaining. Uh, no. But by goodness, it was an absolutely brilliant post uh, by Colleen Rooney. So thank you to her Am for that. Am I the that. only one who thinks it's kind of left a bit of a nasty taste it's not I'm not sure it should have been taken into the public domain like no that. and and there's a there's a part of me did you read Rebecca Vardy's response yes there's a part of me that does think 
she's got a little bit of a point with the why didn't you just pick up the yeah. phone and speak mm. to me I mean that I know it looks like there isn't many explanations for it but there could be explanations for it I mean she's looking into I think who's had access I think, to her I mean, account Colleen's normally very measured yeah. she's quite private um, but she's had a lot dredged up about her and said about her and her relationship with Wayne in yeah. the press and she's, I think I think Rebecca Vardy's caught the caught the tail end of that as well it isn't her selling these fake well, stories yeah. it's it, it's Colleen's treatment in the press she's overall. obviously been sitting on this for quite some yeah. time but the first I how would you do that for five months oh, I know but there is that thing as well when you're in sh- in showbiz like when she was in the jungle or when she's doing things with different PR teams and marketing teams you do hand over your social media to the people that you don't even know who then look after it for you yes so unless you're changing your password all the time there could be people out there who work for marketing companies or PR companies who still have access to it so it's not impossible yes and this is Rebecca Vardy's defense isn't it that actually lots of people have got access to her account I mean I was reading things this morning that wishing bad things happened to her unborn baby and that's why you have to that's not good you have to really be careful what you say I'm not saying Colleen Rooney's wrong she dealt with it however, however she wanted. But when you're putting things out there in the public eye, mm. it really can have a really you know, negative, negative detrimental effect. effect on other people. The one thing that none of us can argue about is the tenacity of Colleen Rooney, the detective skills Just that she that put. sheer intelligence that is, of her. I mean, I, I'm she's astounded. Obviously, she's obviously used to doing things like that, though. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bianca's got got. A I'm, a, a, I'm a great uh, online stalker. Okay. I'm not going to deny. All it. right. Uh, well, we don't know how many of this is going to end up, do we? Uh, all everyone wants now is basically a Leicester versus Derby FA Cup tie early next year. Uh, so, Colleen smelled a rat, and it seems Rebecca Vardy wasn't quite as good a friend to Mrs. Rooney as she made out, perhaps. So, I want other footballing examples of smelling a rat, great investigative skills, or things, or when things weren't quite what they seemed. Lindsay. I'll go with an own personal experience, first of all. And I think I can speak for, for all of us who've worked on transfer deadline days that you smell a rat often on transfer deadline day. Mm-hmm. You think you're this being... This is a good one. Yeah, yeah. Agents. Agents who plant stories. Are we Exa- talking? Well, we, agents plant stories. Managers um, tell you nothing's going to happen and then something does. And they assure you as a journalist, you know, you're, you're really wasting your time being here Why today. Why do they do that? I have no idea, but they try and throw you off the scent quite a lot. But... There's a few occasions, and I'd be here too long if I went through all of them, where I've been thrown off the scent of a player signing or something like that. But the one that springs to mind is when I really felt something was going on, but I didn't know what it was. And it surrounded Harry Redknapp. And I was at QPR and I turned up early morning. They'd bought out bacon baps for us all. Um, treating us very nice. The chef was there. I remember having this photo taken with the chef bringing all the reporters out there at some breakfast. And that began a very, very long day. A long day where Harry came out quite frequently just to check in on us and see that we're okay. I think we bought some teas at some point. And he just reassured us, nothing is going on here. But collectively, Why would he do that? I mean, again, I'm, I'm still puzzled by this farce because it sounds like it's going to be a farce. Why would he keep coming out and talking well, to you if there's nothing going on? By this point, I dealt with QPR quite a lot that season. It's not like you're going to go away. No, he, well, he knows that. he knows that we're going to be there, but I yeah, felt exactly. that the he'd got a relationship. Yeah, your book, they're still going to be, be there. there yes, so. but he got a relationship, I think, with quite a few of us reporters, whereby. I, th- I think he felt he could tell us the truth. But he, he was very, very adamant 
honestly, honestly, I know that I've sold you down the river before to like a couple of, you know, my older colleagues. I, I know that I've sent you on these, you know, wild goose chases before, but I, honestly, nothing's going on here today. And as he looked me in the eye, I thought, I believe him. I believe him that they're not going to sign any players and they didn't sign any players. But I thought, but there's something going on. There's something going on and I can see it in your face, but I don't know what it is. Fast forward to 11pm that evening when the window's closing and nothing had happened. So I thought, well, he was true to his word. Nothing happened. Packing up, going away. And he came out and he he said, oh, bye. And it was something about the way that he said bye that I just thought there's something going on. And the very next morning, and he couldn't tell us there and then when we'd been there for however many hours just to give us a story. Uh, he waited until first thing the next morning at something like 7 or 8 a.m. to announce he'd left the club. So oh, that is what so had been going on. We going knew on. he was having meetings. We knew that he was in and out mm. uh, with, with the boardroom members and different people, but we just didn't know what was going on. So we thought it was going to be the surprise unveiling of a striker or something, but it wasn't. It was him m- moving on. Bianca. I think the probably one of the most famous ones is uh, Ali Deer. Yeah. That does that name ring a bell yes, with it you guys? Does. I mean Matt Letissier always says, I mean laughs about it because it is so hilarious and outlandish. Ali Deer convinced then Southampton boss Graham Souness that he was a professional footballer and George Weir's <laughs> cousin no less. He had all the skills but <laughs> Matt Letissier said that when they used to train, when they trained together for the first time, he actually thought he was a competition winner because he was that, <laughs> he bad. Was that bad. He couldn't trap a balloon in training. <laughs> but he uh, managed to get into the match day squad. And I think Graham Souness brought him on against Leeds and then took him off promptly a few moments later because it was so shockingly bad. So that's probably one of the yeah. best hoaxes yeah. ever in football history. All right. Well, this is a lovely story and it's a little bit off the scent. So it's not kind of mainstream. It was how Scotland almost won the Under-16 World Cup at home, but didn't. The Under-16 World Cup was to be held in Scotland, the final at Hampden Park. There was a lot riding on this for Scottish tourism and for Scottish football. It was to be a marker of how Scotland was doing well at football and how they'd invested in youth. Craig Brown, in charge of the Under-16, was summoned by the Scottish FA and told that the success of the tournament depended on the success of his Under-16 team. Brown thought, well, what am I going to do? He arranged for his under-16 squad, full of 15 and 16-year-old schoolboys, effectively. There wasn't um, a great academy system um, to train alongside the Scottish FA's uh, coaching courses at Largs. That was ensuring that they were subjected to the likes of Sir Alex Ferguson, Jim McLean uh, and Walter Smith as well. So they were going to be surrounded by experts and uh, big names within their field to help inspire them to get better. Now, The team actually did pretty well in the stages leading up to the final. They managed to beat East Germany and Portugal to get there. And the final arrives and it's Hamden and there's 58,000 people there waiting to see these big, bright hopes of Scotland that included James Beattie, Paul Dickoff, who else? Ian Dowie was in there as well. So these were the bright prospects. of This this is how Scotland was going to win the World Cup, the big World Cup in years to come. They rocked up for the final against Saudi Arabia and... As the story goes, winger Andy McLaren said, I'd just turned 16, so I was always one of the younger ones in the team. But when the Saudi boys turned up on the pitch, they had full-grown beards. Manager Craig Brown said someone had seen them playing earlier in the tournament and commented that they looked like they were in their (laughs) mid-twenties. 
A quick glance at the squad list showed that the Saudis were all rather suspiciously born in the last five months of 1972, so only just eligible to play in this under-16 tournament. But according to FIFA... They were completely legit because, FIFA said, they showed extraordinary physical maturity because of the way that they'd grown up in Saudi. Don't ask me where that comes from. Now, on to the game itself. Unfortunately, Scotland didn't do it. It was uh, two all by full time. It went to extra time and penalties and uh, they were undone by Saudi Arabia. But even to this day, the rumours remain were this great bright prospect of an under 16 Scottish team beaten by a bunch of men from Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Maybe they just had a really tough life. (laughs) Um, on on a similar thread when you look at smelling a rat and disguises uh, and things but maybe in a good sense where where things have turned out really nice off the back of it Mm. uh, the Iranian women they donned beards to go and watch football didn't they they? it's like something out of the life of Brian wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) this is the offside rule from Muddy Knees Media now, ladies, we need to move on to non-league day because our time is running out. It's international break, as we know, so this means an opportunity to get along to your local non-league club. Uh, it's on the 12th of October, by the way, this Saturday. Uh, my local club, Dulwich Hamlet, will be playing at home at Champion Hill. They're playing Weymouth. And I love this, and you'll find this across a lot of the games as well. There's discounts at the bar for Palace, Charlton and Millwall season ticket holders. I love that. Uh, your local non-league side, Bianca, is? Dagenham and Redbridge. Scene of my viral nightmare. I don't know if you've ever seen it on uh, YouTube when I was caught in the storm. When Dagnar oh, was yes, playing. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, fortunately, um, I mean, well, <laughs> not fortunately, not for them, but now I don't have to go there anymore <laughs> because it is, it's a really terrible position where you are. You are pitch side and when it hammers down and it was the worst conditions I've ever known and the referee took them off and then brought them back on again and Jeff and the boys in the studio were were howling they were howling with laughter they were in hysterics and I was having to hold on to the stanchion to keep myself upright and the camera's top light was flashing on and off and I was thinking oh my god the camera's going to blow up so yeah that's my local team but I don't get to go there that often anyway because they're not in the league anymore but they do travel to Stockport this weekend and that was their first game in the league back in 2007 they Mm. lost that day they went on to have a fantastic few years under John Steele. Unfortunately, now it's not working quite so well with, with Peter Taylor. But hopefully they can get a result yeah. at, at the weekend. They've, they've not won in three. But Fingers yeah. crossed for them. Lindsay, your local non-league side? My new local non-league yes. side, because I've moved house, would be Woking FC. I feel like I follow Martin oh, this, Tyler yes, around. of course, because Woking FC is a great example mm. of names who you might think might not be involved in club football mm. um, because they do other things in their professional life, but are Martin Tyler being one of them. So Martin was the assistant, because he, he's worked with the, the same manager for many years, and he was the assistant at Hampton and Richmond Borough which was my old local non-league club and now I've just followed Martin (laughs) and now I'm around the corner from Woking so they're away at Barnet this Saturday uh, which isn't too far for them to go but my my roots in non-league football actually 
go quite a way back because I used to be the announcer at Chasetown FC oh, wow. in the Midlands. They went on a really good FA Cup run. Ended Huge up... CV credit, that. I know, <laughs> really. Great, great for the CV. Um, <laughs> they ended up meeting Cardiff City it, in it, the uh, third round of the can, FA can, Cup. Can I, can, I, can I ask if it's still on the CV, this Chasetown? No, 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 I've, no. I've, I don't put it on the CV anymore. But it's a very fond memory of being there yeah. and, and especially when a non-league team has such a good run exactly. like that. And what a Dave, great grounding for a young yeah. broadcast. Yes, and I, I, as a Wolves fan, Dave Jones had been our manager. He'd gone to Cardiff. He was in charge of Cardiff when they came to Chase Town. Mm. So there were there were lots of Good things times. at the time. Can yeah. I just give one more shout out? And yes. This is non-league related. Mm. On Twitter, if you if you don't follow them, get following them at non-league dogs. It's basically pictures of lovely dogs at non-league football grounds. You have to check it out. I will. I love it's, dogs. Our producer, Abby, is, is literally saluting you from behind the glass. <laughs> she obviously likes that particular account. I mean, look, me. at that, look at that dog. He's got the... Oh, it's oh. a basset hound. It's a basset hound with a headset on. And they've tweeted Cammy saying there's a new pundit in town. <gasps> this obviously works brilliantly for a podcast. Uh, so <laughs> please get your phone out now and have a look at that. Quick one from me, talking about people who you might not expect to be involved in football management or affiliated to football clubs. Another one of your colleagues, Tony Gale, involved in the Walton Casuals. Yes. It has been for years and years, actually, yes. to his credit. And Lindsay, to sum up, you've got some um, heartwarming, I made it from the non-league stories. Well, yeah, because if you go along and you support your local non-league team, mm. who knows yeah. who you might be watching yes. be and where they the could go. the star of the future. Yeah, everybody knows the Jamie Vardy story, yep, yes. uh, Ricky Lambert, who ended up playing for England and used to work in a beetroot yep. factory, didn't he? Tyrone Mings played for Chippenham Town yep. while he was a mortgage advisor. Mm-hmm. Love he's that now story. obviously in the England team. Charlie what? Austin was a Brit yeah. Charlie Austin. Dwight Gale, released by Michael Arsenal as a Antonio, teenager. Antonio, Tooting and Mitchum. Mm-hmm. There are dozens, and maybe there'll be more as a result of this weekend. Exactly. So, so get so along. Get supported. Yes, and support your local non-league side. Well, before we wrap up, it's time for any other business, the part of the show where we talk about those smaller stories you might not have seen during the week. First up, Celtic lost at the weekend to Livingston and for the first time in about 20 years aren't sat on top of the Scottish Premiership. Check this. Livingston play at the Tony Macaroni Stadium, which is known by its rather brilliant nickname of the Spaghetti Hat. Is that the best (laughs) name you've ever heard or what? I love it. Uh, Bianca. Well, the amazing news of the potential takeover at Wickham, a proposed deal from Dennis Bergkamp, Henrik Larsson and Dirk Kaut Mm. with Ronald Koeman offering his expert advice. I know there is another deal in there with an American whose name escapes me now. I think it's Rob something. But yeah, I mean, that would be an unbelievable coup for Wickham Wanderers. Coup for (laughs) Koeman. A coup for Koeman, yes. And we can also. That's going to be the headline. Uh, attach that to our uh, to our League One news from earlier. Lindsay Hooper, what have you got from me? Uh, well, just with my local Surrey links now, although this has gone more further afield, have but been... I did read in my local paper, okay. first and foremost, that Petr Cech had uh, signed for Guildford Ice Hockey Club. So we all know from his time at Chelsea and Arsenal that he liked his ice hockey as well. But he's actually put pen to paper. It's going to be third choice goal tender, as they say it in ice hockey. You see, Petr Cech... I think he's deliberately done this. This is the one of the few acceptable sports where you can f- wear a full helmet on your head. Uh, and we know he likes a full helmet. Uh, so therefore, good choice, pay to check. 
Uh, one from me, Troy Deeney. I didn't discover this at the time. It's a couple of weeks old now. Did you know he hates playing against Virgil van Dijk because van Dijk smells so nice? <laughs> I don't think that would put me off. I'd just make me get closer to him, it's which is probably what he needs. rather an odd thing to contemplate. Deeney said he's too big, too strong, too quick, too good on the ball. He loves fighting and he's got a good head of hair. Not only that, he must spray on his top. I assume he means aftershave. <laughs> so he smells lovely. And when he runs past you, it's like, mmm, lovely. <laughs> I wonder what he wears. I don't know. On that mystery. Uh, Bianca and Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Remember to keep up with us, everyone, across the week via our social accounts. It's at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta. You never know what drama might go on there. Maybe we can do our own Vardy Colleen Gate. Da, da, da. <laughs> Out Lindsay on something. And I've been looking Why for me? months. Why and it me? was dot, dot, dot Lindsay <laughs> Hooper's account. <laughs> and don't forget, you can hear us on Jack Radio every Friday from 7 o'clock if you want to read some of the best bits of fan-led journalism. Head over to our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. Uh, the latest on there, including thoughts on Phil Neville's faltering in charge of England. Hoops, Bianca, it's been a pleasure as ever. Thank Thanks you for Bianca having for me. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy your respective football filled weekends. And to our listeners, see you later. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.